Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Our Notre Dame home game Saturday continues with WSBT Game Day. Live from Ivy Court Inn and Suites, here is your host, Evan Sharpley. This is the Game Day Show with Evan Sharpley on your home for Fighting Irish Football, 96 1 FM, 960 AM, WSBT. It's October 13th and a crisp 37 degrees here in South Bend. The 6 0 and 5th ranked Fighting Irish are taking on the 3 3 Pitt Panthers. Kickoff is at 2 30. It doesn't get much better than this on a Saturday afternoon in South Bend. And we're live from Ivy Corden and Suites. If you're in the area, please stop by. We've got Fisher's Tips and Chips Barbecue. We've got Studebaker Brewing Company doing some beer tasting. Woohoo! Tim's excited for that one. He can't partake too much because he's got to coach a soccer game later today. Yeah, that's true. But we are uh, we're, we're ready to get you into the mood today for this uh, this this two thirty kickoff. Um, Notre Dame beat Virginia Tech a week ago on the road. Exit Sandman is what's been kind of been said <laughs> like all week that. after like that. that. Um, so uh, you know it's it's always better when the Irish win in South Bend, and we've got a six and zero football team. And whenever you're six and zero and about halfway through the season, we've got a bye week coming up. Um, that that talk of national championship undefeated season college football playoffs and it certainly is real and Notre Dame should be favored in every football game here um, to end the season but certainly you've got to take care of business on a week-to-week basis so I'm here with my producer State Farm Agent Tim Growl uh, Tim, you have a good week? I had a great week. How about you? You're just, just such a busy man over there watch you on TV, <laughs> hear you on the radio, listen to Leprechaun Lunch yesterday you know, I think it's uh, they need to change the call letters in WSBT. Need to put, put a, maybe that S is for Sharply. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, I put my uh, hot chocolate next to the uh, temperature thing, and it got it to go up to 46. Well, it's, it's not 46 <laughs> over here where I'm sitting. Yeah. I can tell you that much. It's about 37. It's cold, but it's going to be warm in the stadium. The fans are all starting. Uh, they're setting up a tailgate party right off of here. Stuff's going to be a great day. So your observations for uh, last week's game. Well, offensively, you know, once again, the story is Ian Book. Um, he's completing uh, a high percentage of his passes, three straight games. Now he's gone over 70%. Um, and when you're completing a clip like that, you know, the efficiency on offense is certainly going to go up. He had a, a little bit of a rocky second quarter, so I was impressed with. That was good, though, right? You need well, to see that, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know if I really wanted the second <laughs> quarter to go the way that it did. But, yeah, certainly, you know, to, to battle through some adversity right. like that, going at halftime, make some adjustments. Um, hats off to Chip Long, the offensive coordinator, and and, uh, and coming out with a good game plan um, in quarter three. And, you know, I, I joke, it, it, it helps to have a 97-yard touchdown run right out of the Don't gate to kind of set the tone. Um, you know, de- the, the reemergence now of Dexter Williams having him in the backfield, um, certainly with Jafar Armstrong being injured now, uh, you know, it's it's nice to have uh, Dexter have fresh legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and this offensive line, I think, is starting to gel a little bit. And, and really, you know, outside of what Ian Book has done, I think where I've been most impressed has been this wide receiver group. And you could throw the tight ends in there, too. But a lot of that has to do with Ian Book being able to spread the football around to 
two games in a row where he completed to 10 different receivers, six or seven receivers last year. And then Miles Boykin has been, he's been tough to, to match up against. And Ian Book's done a nice job of putting it in his catch radius and letting him go up and make some plays. Um, so offensively, some steps in the right direction. You know, if they can score 30 to 35 points a game, I think that they're going to be in every football game because of the way this defense plays. Absolutely. Um, and, the, and the defense, you know, they're they're giving up some yards every single game. Um, I think there was an explosive player, too, they would like back last week. Uh, but, you know, Julian Love, a high-effort play to make a touchdown-saving tackle that leads, you know, to a goal-line stop was was huge. Um, you know, Khalid Kareem, um, Hustle, um, the energy that he brought, the defensive line, a strip sack. And then Julian Love just always seems to be around Right place, right time. You know, he has a knack. Uh, really good football IQ, making plays, a scoop and score for a touchdown. And then he had an interception later in the game, too. So He's up on know, top of the charts in, the, in this, the country with that. This defense is very opportunistic. Um, I like, though, the attitude that they're bringing. Uh, Clark Lee's doing a, a fantastic job of getting them ready uh, on a weekly basis and, and preparing um, You know, through practice, through film study. They go out there. It looks like they know what they're doing. They're playing with, with a, you know, a high level. They're playing. They're, react, they're reacting. Um, they're it doesn't look like there's a lot of hesitation. And that's at all levels. They're, they're getting production um, from this front four. Uh, Jerry Tillery kind of leading the way, but Khalid Kareem, Dalen Hayes, those guys, Julian Aquara. I mean, you've got four or five guys right now that have over 10 quarter, quarterback pressures. Uh, and anytime you can pressure the quarterback, you take an, you take an average, you take a really good or great college quarterback and you pressure him, he's going to become very average or below average uh, pretty quickly. And then it helps the back end of the defense. You know, it helps the linebackers. They're able to be aggressive and run fill. Um, it helps with coverage. Um, if you don't have to rush five or six guys, if you can just get it done with the front four. And then the back end, guys like Julian Love and, and, and Troy Pride and um, Alohi Gilman, uh, you know, really the back end, we're seeing a lot more production from the safety position and in the corners too so all, all good things moving forward and and a shout out to to Justin Yoon who's now the all-time points leader um, and I honestly I predicted that as a freshman I knew him coming in and you know if, if you start as a freshman you have that opportunity he's been pretty consistent you know kicking field goals and extra points um, so you know big congratulations to him right. that special teams unit that's you know that's been part of of helping him have that type of success and so, we got a punter that just keeps us in great field position trading uh, back and forth yeah uh yeah tyler newsom is uh he's a renaissance man if you haven't ever <laughs> yes, met him he's, he he's quite the interesting uh interesting <laughs> he kid. would be fun to have an interview with well i don't i don't know <laughs> if an hour if if we'd have enough time with just an hour. I mean, I, th I think we might have to we might have to have a little bit longer than that. It might have to be a two-hour show if he was on it. So. so using the word renaissance men, would you think that would describe our next guest <laughs> at all? Well, you've been around Bob a little bit more than me, so yeah. maybe, you, maybe you would know better than I. Well, our, our next guest, former coach <laughs> under uh, Lou Holtz and Bo Schembecker and a former uh, mainstay on uh, weekday uh, uh, sports beat show coach bob Quill. coach thanks for coming out on a chilly morning oh you have to be kidding me where would you rather be i mean marv levy wrote that book where would you rather be today where would you rather be we're in the midwest this is unbelievable sharp you mentioned it doesn't get any better than this it really doesn't the leaves are turning the sun is in the sky this is just beautiful it's exciting it's invigorating bob what have you liked from the irish so far this year six and oh um a top five ranking how do you avoid some pitfalls here now about halfway through the season? We've got midterms this week, and then there's a bye, you know, next week, uh, you know, mo moving in, in there. In all candor, I, I'm a, a 
really kind of surprised. I thought this would be a really good football team. But the way they've performed now at this time is just, it, it's unbelievable. You're, you don't know. <laughs> what, are you, what are your eyes telling you? I have, to, I have to be interrupted by a second string quarterback. <laughs> hey, easy with that right well, there. <laughs> we might gang up on you there, Bob. <laughs> For those of you that don't know what's going on, our next guest will be on later on. Just stop by quarterback Pat Steenberg and Mike you, Creeney. I saw Tommy Clements the other day. I love Tommy. I know you do. I know you do. It would have been bad to get beat up by a sophomore. <laughs> this is what live radio is all about. How you doing? I'm Bob Camel. Bob Camel. Nice to see you. Green's could catch like a, a five-yard pass, and they'd run out of film by the time he went to the whole distance. But he'd run. I mean, everybody. Pat, you got to save your stories here. You're, yeah. you're coming on later. Go get some coffee. Go get some coffee, yeah. <laughs> Don't you love him when you got guests that are Let me just say this about this man right here, okay? What he has done to promote football and college football, not only on a, on a national basis, but on an international basis over the past how many years? 23 years. 23 years is phenomenal. I mean, it's really phenomenal. You are truly an ambassador for football. Uh, again, not only nationally, but internationally. And my, well, ha my head is off to you. Well, that's our interview with Pat. We want you to thank Pat for coming out today. <laughs> Pat, Speaking uh, of that, we have a Studebaker Brewing Company right over there, Pat, if you do need Pat, a beer. Pat, that check, that check should go to. But back, getting back to where we were <laughs> before we were so wonderfully interrupted, I really, I, I'm re very impressed with this football team. You know, uh, one one of the things I think there was some anticipation as to when uh, Coach Quinn took over the offensive line, how would that be? Harry's reputation, Harry, he stands reputation as national. He was a, uh, um, a disciple, if you will, of Joe Moore. I never, I never thought anything but positive things when Coach Quinn took over the offensive line. He's a, he's, a, he's a traveled football coach. He's on the same page with Brian. They've been together for a long time. And he's a genuinely really, really good person. And he's done a marvelous job uh, from the recruiting side also. And so from that standpoint, I mean, you lose those two guys on the left side of the line, you know, th that's, a, that's a monumental task to get that offensive line playing together. And Sharp and Tim, as you know, football is cumulative and consecutive. And what I mean by that is you're constantly learning, but you're also building on the past. And no more so than in the offensive line. A football team is a group of, of, of smaller teams within the team. And the one team that plays because of the, uh, because of the numbers and the proximity that they play, uh, play in in the offensive line, I think it's, it's, it's just really, really important when you start to get on a roll and, you know, you've got a combination block or maybe it's the, the tackle and the, and the guard coming off of a tackle or a nose guard going on a linebacker. After a while, that becomes second nature. And that takes time to do that. And I think they're ahead of the curve right now. And, and the other thing I'd like to say, and, you know, I was thinking about this, Tim, when I was coming here today. I, I am the biggest Brandon Wimbush fan there is. And the way this young man has conducted himself in some, you know, difficult situations, if you will, the way he stepped up, the teammate that he's been, you know, and, you know, being a quarterback and, 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 and being, you know, having another guy come in and being the starter, you know, a lot of guys that run down to the bench, sit down and pout. He's been there for book when he's come off the field. He's, he's in on every play. This young man is a quality young man. I don't know where, you know, his future in football is going, but wherever it is, I wish him well because I think he's exemplary of what a Notre Dame football player 
should be on and off the field. It easily could have been a, a bad situation. There could have been some friction. You know, if you're the backup quarterback, you sure. lose your starting job. And, um, you know, credit to Brandon Winbush and what he's done. And um, but, but moving, too, towards the success that Ian Book has had, and you mentioned um, how this offensive line has played. How much of that success on the offensive line could you tie into what Ian Book has brought to this offense as well? You know, Sharp, that's a great question, and uh, this is going to sound like an obvious answer, but they play off each other, no pun. If you've got an offensive line that knows where your quarterback's going to be at all times, and Ian Book is that is is that type of quarterback, and you have a quarterback that has confidence in the offensive line, that's a phenomenal combination. I, 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 and I say this in, in all candor, every time I see Book... Get get the football, whether it's under center or, 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 or a, a you know a, a snap, whatever it may be. For some reason, in my mind, call it a tipping point or or anything. I sincerely feel every time I see the football in Book's hand, something good is going to happen. And I don't know the last time I remembered thinking of a quarterback. Of course, it was probably me or Pat, right? Well, <laughs> you know, it was your Pat. <laughs> or, or, but but I'm serious. The kid, I watch him, and I'm like. He's under duress. Hey, that's all right. The ball, he's going to find somebody. And, you know, and you mentioned the receivers. Finding those soft spots in the zone, you know, when it's zone coverage and then and Book recognizing that and settling in those soft spots, that, that's indicative of some really, really good coaching by the wide receiver coach. And Book, I think, and Sharp, you tell me, I think he has phenomenal vision. I mean, he really, really sees the whole field. I, I, as, as a recruit in my write-up of him, I yeah. put Hawkeye vision. How's Did you that? Really? Yes. You're good, pal. It <laughs> might, might, might be a recruiting coordinator. Got it. I wouldn't <laughs> wish that on anybody. May I have your attention, please? This is Tim McCarthy for the Indiana State Police. You are listening to WSBT, your radio home for Notre Dame football. The Game Day Show is brought to you by Budweiser. Great times are waiting. Grab some buds. Carmella's at McCree's, your post-game dining destination and McCree's Italian Bakery for all your tailgating needs. Eddie Street Commons at Notre Dame. Come dine, shop, and enjoy the merchants at Eddie Street Commons. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Sean Stevens in South Bend or Bob Borlick in Walkerton. And Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Together, we can stop hunger. Learn more at feedindiana.org. That's Evan Sharpley. I'm Tim Growl. We're on the game day show live outside the Ivy Court in and Suisse with Coach Bob Kamel. little technical problem there. Coach, do you know your train of thought where you were going yes, right I there? We talking, <laughs> I figured I you were. You were a coach. Quarterback development. And, yes. and, and, and the opportunities young guys have now with all, you know, quarterback facilities, going to study under a quote-unquote quarterback guru. So, you know, and some of these uh, opportunities are legitimate. Other ones I kind of look at as a reason for somebody to make money. But the one thing I would say is this. I would never recruit a quarterback based upon a seven-on-seven performance. Uh, I think that with the game being the way it is and the maturation of a quarterback to go from a seven-on-seven tournament to actually performing uh, when he comes to a a collegiate level, the speed of the game, uh, the the physicality, I hate that word, but I'll use it, physicality of the game and, and, and being under center when there's a pass rush and all this and that. Some of those things transfer, other of those things don't. Basically, and you know, Evan, the speed of the game. And, and, and what you see, and playing on a, a, a seven-on-seven team, which I think is good. I, I, any time a, a young man has an opportunity to participate in athletics, I'm all for that. But at the same time, 
it should not be the end-all and be-all as to whether you recruit a guy or not. It's a snapshot, certainly. Yes, it'll, it'll give you a little picture, but you want to see him put the pads on and, right. and throw the football around. And, and you're still plugged in and recruiting. Uh, you can kind of give us an update on what, what you've got going on. I know you're very sure. busy working with, with uh, high school athletes trying to get them exposure. The first opportunity I had uh, after I was uh, here, at, after I left Notre Dame, uh, the first call I received was from a school that plays in California, their home games in the Coliseum. But I, didn't <laughs> I think see, we know who that team is. I, I, I didn't see myself as a Rodeo Drive type of guy. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Chicago guy. I'm from the neighborhood. But I, I appreciated the call and the opportunity. And I had we uh, Ann and I had two daughters in high school and one daughter in elementary school. And I really didn't want to get on that that coaching merry-go-round. I wanted my daughters to have a place to call home. We, I love it here. We love living here. We still live five miles from, you know, campus. Uh, I go to Mass here, run on campus. I mean, so the first opportunity I had was actually with South Bend Orthopedics, which is a Seedon uh, Orthopedics right now. And I'm still involved with them, with the marvelous doctors there. And what I do is I'm their sports marketing uh, person. In other words, I still get to deal with high school players, athletic directors, coaches. And my hat is off to the great work that those doctors do there. And now I'm involved with um, actually Lee Beckton uh, called me and uh, about a company called Dark Horse Recruits. And what Dark Horse Recruits does, it matches high school f- basketball and football players with colleges and universities. Okay. And, you know, we're, there, there are many entities out there, Evan, as you well know, that do this kind of thing. where they, But they, they'll take a profile and send it to 500 schools, hope that somebody looks at it. What I actually do is when we take on a young man, very realistic about, it, about his abilities, I actually call colleges and universities to speak about him and to talk to his abilities and then advocate for him as the process goes on. And uh, we, we've, we've had great success. We, we've had a bunch of guys come already. This has been about a year and a half. I love what I do. And you know, as well as I do, you know, the games, they come and go. Championships, whatever they may be here and there. The one thing you miss when you're done coaching is being around the guys, the relationships, the locker room. And being with uh, a Seton Orthopedics and being with, with um, Dark Horse affords me that opportunity. And, uh, I, I, hey, I, I love it. And I love staying busy. Retirement is not an option for me. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Bob Camilla, our last 30 seconds, could you give us a little analysis for tonight's game and your pick of a score and the outcome? Well, I, I'm, I'm not too much of a prognosticator, but I think what I've seen in this team is they've added every week to um, performance, if you will, to technique, if you will, to you know, getting in the right defense, getting it in, in the right <laughs> offense. It's been marvelous to watch. I, I, I do really think that Notre Dame has a chance to be a, a three-point, excuse me, a 21-point favorite in this game. The one thing right now, though, that has to be shored up, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong or see how you feel, I think our kicking game needs a little bit of work. But I think it's going to be a resounding victory. If you're anywhere near here, even if you can't get into the game, come on out here and park someplace and enjoy this. It's phenomenal. You can't beat got ribs and beer. <laughs> <laughs> and Coach and Coach Bob. Uh, well, Bob, you, hey. hey, you guys are great. I, mean, I really thanks appreciate this. A lot of great memories. And uh, go Irish. Let's get hey, this th- one. Th- thanks Thank so you. much. Last prognostication. What is it? Notre Dame will run the table. <laughs> All, right. All right. This is WSBT's game day, live from the porch of the Ivy Court Inn and Suites. To get a reservation for the Florida State game or to book your own getaway, call the Ivy Court at 574 277 6500. We'll be right back with Pat Seenberg. This is former tight end Robin Weber. My job was to catch footballs. 
Yours is to catch every Notre Dame game right here on your home for Fighting Irish Football, WSBT. Welcome back to the Game Day Show. I'm your host, Evan Sharpley. We're live from Ivy Court Inn and Suites. Just across from Linebacker Bar, we got Pat Steenberg here and Mike Creaney of, well, two-thirds of the Genuflect play, correct? <laughs> two-thirds and of it. What's they, the other third? They are, they are currently hosting a uh, weekly podcast, Creens in number 11. I was a guest of theirs last week. Pat kind of uh, introduced himself already earlier when we were talking to Bob Kamel. Um, and we're getting ready for this this six and zero Irish versus the three and three Pitt Panthers kickoff. It's it's at two thirty. How nice! Uh, did you guys grab any barbecue yet? Not yet. Did I you, were working for you. Well, did you? Did I think you it least, was over at the beer. Did you, you at least some... try the Studebaker Brewing Company beer? I cannot deny or admit that I did that. <laughs> well, we have a sheet of paper, but it, so we. But there's a there's a sponsor there. There is a sponsor there. And I just had had to. Take okay, those. well, there's so a, do you know? Do yeah. you know which one you had? Did you I have did the not con- have the stout. I had the other one. The Conestoga Corn Cream Ale? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you, gotta, then you have to go back for the Commander Chocolate Rice Stout then after Okay, that. I'll do that right Round after two. we're done. And some Fisher's Tips and Chips <sighs> Barbecue. It's always good to yet. be back with you, Evan, and take your grief, you know. <laughs> That's why I bring, I bring Creeny with me. He's my bodyguard, <laughs> man. To balance it out, huh? Well, He's go, always taking care of me. Go ahead and start it right now because you both have a two and a zero in your records. as starting. Yeah, did you start two stuff. games? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. did I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How'd you get? You gonna keep going with that or what? <laughs> so go ahead, finish it off. Go I, for it. I know I won both of my games. How'd you do? <laughs> the opposite one of those. <laughs> but the one thing we both have in common though is then we got benched. Then we got benched. <laughs> and forty years later, here we are. You know, or whatever. But we can still chuck the football a little we, bit we though. We can so. still sling it a little. Last year in Italy though, yeah, I, I have to have somebody catch for me. Evan. <laughs> Evan's over there just warming up and like my, I'm going. Joe, I need a receiver. I need you, Cranes. <laughs> so I don't know much about this podcast because Evan was on it, so I didn't. I was out of town last week. So tell us and tell the audience about your podcast. You know, it's something another roomie of ours, Bobby O'Brien, came up with. And Bobby's a dear friend, went through some medical issues the last couple of years. And he said, hey, why don't you and Creams, you two can talk for a long time and not say anything. So, <laughs> Notre Dame fans are used to that. Why don't you jump on it? So we've been, uh, we've been doing it the last, the second season. And Mike and I get on and talk up Notre Dame football, past and future, and tell some stories. And we've had some of our guests, uh, some of our former teammates, Jimmy O'Malley, who played with the Broncos for a lot of years. And... Daryl Dewan, whose claim to fame was uh, pretty girls. Pretty girls. <laughs> <laughs> Being left in New Orleans. <laughs> Being left in New Orleans. So we bring on some some different friends, and uh, Evan jumped on. So yeah, we and the wise old sage Bill Gallagher. The wise, old, oh. the wise old sage. Yes, Gallagher is our wise man. <laughs> can you, uh, Mike? Can you tell us the the name of the podcast? Where that came from? I know, but the audience might not know. There was a there was a play in the 1972 one one a torrential downpour against Purdue and uh, Pat uh, scored a touchdown defensively and uh, Harris said uh, go get two extra points and so uh, we did Pat Pat made a terrible fake to the right. <laughs> Barely able to loft a dying quail. Coming <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, I, I was able to uh, make a catch. We won a game, but it was called the genuflect play because I was supposed to go to my knees and pretend that I had you know, failed the block. So which was fairly common. It was easy, <laughs> for, you, it was easy for you to fake that. <laughs> it's a, just block normal. <laughs> 
But, you know, I'm just sitting there counting years. That was 47 years ago. But your guys, your, your guys' memory is sharp, though. What was, uh, what was, ta- what would you talk about in the huddle? What I was didn't let go-to? anybody hit me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Even though we were, we were often live in practice. You know, that was, in fact, my career ended, you know, my senior year, first day of pads. We're, we're going live goal line. I'm, I'm starting quarterback. <laughs> I mean, think of that, right? We're going live goal line. Let's turn. No, on, red, no red jerseys, huh? No red jerseys. No red turn an option up there, and a big old linebacker decided my right shoulder should be in the front of my chest, you know? And anyways. You didn't block again. <laughs> so, you guys have this podcast. You've obviously been paying attention to the 6 0 Irish football team. Pat, what have you liked so far offensively from this team? Ian Book's been the starter now for the past three games. What have you seen from him? Yeah, I mean, it's no secret that the offense changed when he took over. And Winbush, you know, great quarterback, obviously, in high school, had a great career. I give Coach Kelly a lot of credit for making, I mean, that was a gutsy move to to make. And, you know, obviously for a year he's probably been looking at that and talking to the other coaches. What do we do? How do we get there? Ian just, uh, he just makes plays. He gets them. And I don't know, you know, the intricacies of what they're doing, but I think he gets them in the right play a lot. There's a lot of, you know, continuity. There's a good flow. We were talking last night with some guys. He reminds me a lot of Tommy Clements, uh, who, you know, had a great career here and was coaching with the Packers up till he retired a year ago. But just kind of a quiet leader, you know, not a big, impressive guy. But he's out there. He's got it moving. Guys are counting on him. It's... uh, it's fun to watch to watch the Irish offense. It's taken on a whole new dimension, and yeah, they they proved it last week, you know, in a, in a tough environment. And uh, I think Pitt. I don't. Know, I, I was looking at some of their stats. They're not real stout defensively, statistic wise. No. And then their their lead guy is out. Their defensive yep. guy. So we may be uh, looking for the the cold ones early in the <laughs> afternoon. You know. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that, uh, Romeo. Oh, this is real radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a podcast oh. you can edit out. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, Notre Dame, you know, has has had the reputation for being called tight end U, and really over the past few years, the tight end hasn't been um, used all that much within the, the Irish offense. And now over the past few games, guys like Alizé Mack, Brock Wright, um, Nick Wisher, all guys have, have started to um, become uh, more popular targets for Ian Book. And back-to-back games, 10 different receivers catching passes. What have you liked from this tight end group? Um, and really the balance now that this offense is able to to roll out on Saturdays. You know, that's a great, that's a great point. The, the, the difference between Winbush and, uh, and Book, in my point of view, is that Book makes all the layups. So the tight end becomes much more involved. When the, the seven-yard pass or the eight-yard turning or the quick out or, uh, is, is something that's an integral part of the offense. And, and we probably had it under, uh, earlier in the season, but we weren't completing that's what I, I think Brooke has brought, that continuity that I can put three positive, four positive plays together, and that's accentuated the tight end's uses. I think it's been there the whole time. We just haven't been using it. Pat, last, uh, last week, Bud Foster, the defensive coordinator for Virginia Tech, brought a few more pressures uh, the previous two weeks. Ian Book was seeing a lot more rush three, drop eight. If you're a defensive coordinator right now, with how hot this offense has been, if you take away quarter two against Virginia Tech, it's right. been pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay, outside of quarter two. 
if you're a defensive coordinator right now, how would you slow down this Irish attack? I'd I'd petition the NCAA to play 12 guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure it would still work. Yeah, I, as a quarterback, no matter what any quarterback, nobody likes pressure. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, yeah, you can make good plays against pressure and feel really good, but you're getting blasted as soon as you get rid of it. So I'd say you got to come at them and make them complete some one-on-one -on -one passes, which they're pretty good at doing. Uh, but I think you got, but you've got to mix it up a lot, you know, because they're obviously books, obviously reading the defenses, getting them in the right place. You got to mix it up, uh, but you, I think you got to focus on bringing pressure and staying solid in the inside. For some reason, you know, they'll go three or four running plays, get one, get zero, and then boom. 97. You know, 97, <laughs> yeah. And that was a big play. Then we're back on our own three-yard line. So staying sound, you know, with those front seven up in there is tough to do when you're bringing heat. But it's it's a tough, and that's why, that's why they're looking so good. Like, Pat and I know about pressure when opposing teams are able to pressure the quarterback. We don't look so hot. How about this Irish defense? The front four has been really strong. Julian Aquara, um, a, a ton of pressures. Dalen Hayes, Jerry Tillery, all these guys are getting after it. Khalid Kareem, um, what have you liked from that front four right now? Why does it make this defense so special? Consistent in, in keeping their in keeping their patterns and keeping their uh, their lanes. And they've been very very good. A lot of exchanges, a lot of double exchanges, if you want to call it that. Um, but it, it's been something that uh, I've I've been delighted to see. Well, why haven't we been doing it? They got some terrific athletes, big guys who can move. You know, my sense of that is is God. You know, God bless that. That's what we should be doing. And, and uh, I so what you're saying is you'd have absolutely no chance of blocking Jerry Tillery if he came on a twist. I'd be way back in a shotgun. <laughs> the 15-yard shotgun? 15 yard. Oh, you're punting on first down. <laughs> We're with uh, Pat Seifers and Mike Creaney. We're going to take a short break here. Guys, think of some era stories when we come back and some of your teammates. We'll talk about them. We're at the Ivy Court Inn and Suites on game day, getting you ready for the Panthers and the Fighting Irish. We'll be right show is brought to you by GolfStreamCoach.com, Hearing Aid Service, Hearth and Home, Kurt Outdoor Living, Leck Whitener Door, and made by Hemp in Elkhart. Welcome back to the Game Day Show. I'm your host, Evan Sharpley. We're live from Ivy Court Inn & Suites, where we have Fisher's Tips & Chips Barbecue and Studebaker Brewing Company here. If you'd like to sample some beers. And we're, uh, we're joined by both Pat Steenberg and Mike Creaney right now, previewing this Notre Dame football game. Kickoff's at 2.30. The 6-0 Fighting Irish and fifth-ranked are taking on the Pitt Panthers, who are 3-3. Three we should have a good football game. We're looking for, we're looking for it, you know. And Air has always been a good friend of the show over the years and stuff. And uh, we're sorry to miss him. And also want to send out some condolences to one of your teammates, Greg Marks, who just passed away this week. Uh, Mike Creaney, your, your thoughts remembering uh, Greg and uh, and working with Coach Era. Yeah, well, God bless Greg. Greg. Uh uh, defensive tackle broke his arm as a freshman. He and John Dampiera, who was on the show uh, last week, uh, both were uh, 
redshirted that year, and so they were uh, they played all three years with us. Greg Greg was the uh, starting defensive lineman with uh, Mike Kadish and Mike Zekas, and uh, and uh, was consensus All American his senior year. Uh, uh, played in the NFL for five or six years. Uh, just a, a terrific player, and uh, wound up getting a law degree here at Notre Dame. Uh, nice, nice, nice guy. Uh, there's a longer story about. Greg uh, covering my back after I got cheap shotted on a on a punt and and uh, Greg Greg uh, retaliated for me. Let's just call it that. And uh, uh, he was uh, he was a solid solid player and 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 good Notre Dame man. He'll be missed. Yes, 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 he will. And Coach Era is missed too. But everybody has great stories that's played for him. You got one favorite story about uh, Era? I do. Real quick, uh, I was a uh, graduate assistant in my fifth year here, and uh, Era used to go out and make speeches, and they'd give him a couple grand or whatever they give him, and the assistant coaches would go out and give him make speeches, and they'd get five hundred dollars or three hundred dollars or whatever it was. And uh, Era just threw all of that into a common pot that year that I was uh, that I was a graduate assistant, and at Christmas time he divvied the pot up among all of the all of the assistants and he and he gave me a hundred bucks uh, Evan you know a hundred bucks went a long way at Corby's <laughs> <laughs> that was that was still a, does that's, that's right. That's right. that was a terrific thing so I got just a just a terrific guy great so Pat's got to have we know numerous stories well, they might not be all true but we know yeah, you a story <laughs> I will stay to the true ones today um you know, one thing with Eric, and he coached on game day, he coached the quarterbacks. Tom Pagna was our offensive coordinator, but Eric called the plays. And so I got to interact with Eric a lot, you know, doing, and he, we'd always have signals. And we were really advanced, I think, back then for what people were doing on offense, kind of what they're doing now, where he would put us in a series. We would just call a series in the huddle. And then you'd come up and look at the defense, and you'd call two, four, six, or eight, or go. Two, four, six, eight would determine which run it was out of that motion. Go as you'd you'd fake it and throw it, and then you'd call go one, two, three. I mean, we had a very intricate offense in a basic kind of a wing T style, but we did a lot of things. But uh, I think Era always had us prepared. That's what when I think back about it, we always had a, a good read on what other teams were doing. And, you know, for as tough of a taskmaster as he was, and he was, I mean, there was, he never missed in practice when you throw a bad pass. I mean, it's like, why weren't you watching the defense at that time? You know? <laughs> but uh, he, he also, you know, allowed us some things that to this day I can't believe. Like, you know, he was doing Ford commercials when we played in the Cotton Bowl and we walked down and checked into the Fairmont Plaza. The, the year two when we beat Texas right. 71 Cotton Bowl. And you got your room key and your car and your car key. What? And I'm going, whoa, we get a car too? And, went, and, it, and each roommate, each room got a car to drive around. You know, fair lane wow. or something. For, you know, you had one hour a day, but you got a car to drive around Dallas. And of course, and I'm rooming with Theismann. You know, he's starting and I'm the backup. And Joe's not sharing a car with me, so we each get cars. <laughs> I said, this ain't so bad being a backup guy in room with Joe T. So, yeah, we had moments. And one night in our hour off between 7 and 8, we went somewhere, and I left my car in a parking lot. And anyway, I lost my privileges. <laughs> oh, no. But we beat Texas. <laughs> Guys, we just got a couple minutes left. Before we let you go, Pat, uh, just give us your thoughts on today's game and uh, score prediction. Oh, boy, I, I think the Irish are going to get after them. They're back home. They've got the offense rolling. They sh- Last week, the defense swarmed, and that second half took over. 
Uh, let's go 42 to 6. All right. And Mike, uh, you know, this is one of those games I think a lot has been talked about this week on it being a potential trap game. Do you think that happens today? I don't. I don't. I think uh, Pitt's base is, uh, is, is trying to play an odd front and, and uh, uh, bump man or, or, or press man, and I don't think they can do the it. Pat Narduzzi special, huh? I, 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 don't, I don't believe they can do it. I, I think the Irish are big. I, I got them 35-14. Love it. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time. Make sure you grab some Fisher's Tips and Chips barbecue. Pat, round two over there with the Studebaker Brewing Company. you got to try the stout, correct? <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. When Thank we come you. back, we'll, uh, we'll talk keys to the game, get my score prediction, and then go eat some barbecue. You're listening to the Game Day Show on 96.1 FM, 960 AM, WSB. show is brought to you by State Farm Insurance Agent Tim Growl. For all your insurance needs, call Tim at 232-9981. United Beverage, Wings, etc., Grill and Pub, and Zolman's Tire and Auto Care. We're glad to have uh, Studebaker's new brewery that's here out here today. They're still doing samples. Conestoga Corn Cream Ale, Commander Chocolate Rye Stout. They will be having a soft opening here in October. And they'll be open Tuesday through Sunday starting October 23rd. That's located in the Tippecanoe Place Restaurant, which everyone around here knows all about. So, my friend, on a nice cold, chilly day, do you like hot days or cold days when you were playing or did it make a difference? I was like the 65 degree with a little breeze. That was my favorite. Well, we're about 20 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that right well, now. Well, I'm not playing today, so that's all right. That's oh, okay. You got, you got a training going on today? Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm meeting um, Torin here, uh, who's coming to do a little bit of training with me. We're doing a little quarterback session right after this. Kind of fun. We're doing it here on campus. Uh, just not able to get back to my facility before I've got to watch the game and get ready for uh, the TV gig. So, yeah, we'll be out here tossing the football around a little bit. And, and Pat and Mike have both uh, volunteered and said that they would help catch some passes, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Not too shabby, huh? Is anybody going to do a genuflect out there while they're doing that? So, so? We might be able to make that happen. Yeah, we'll get that I reenacted. Bet. I bet. I mean, you like these uh, little earlier games because I know that's a really late night when you're uh, in the studio after doing the yeah, games. Yeah, now, so. now that I'm in, in media, I, I mean, I prefer the noon kick, to be honest with you. You know, you're still able to get quite a bit done. But um, with the success that Notre Dame's had this year, we're going to continue to see a lot of the primetime games. I think right now probably the remaining games will be in primetime aside from the Syracuse game because I know that deal uh in new york then right. they made it Day made 10. sure that it was it was an earlier start right. so well how about we get a start on your keys to the game yeah so uh you know this week uh following two big wins one on the road uh and, and then the home win against stanford I, uh, for me it's going to be energy right off the bat making sure that the preparation that has occurred throughout this week um takes place here the execution is high but more than anything coming out with a lot of energy um you know from the, from the starting kick, make sure that you're matching Pitt's energy because they're going to come in here and try to play spoiler. It's a big game for them. It can make their season um, by spoiling Notre Dame. So energy early for me. And then what we've seen from Notre Dame is once once they've established that energy, they've been able to play consistent football for four quarters. They've been a four-quarter team. So um, I think, though, early on, just making sure that they're setting the tone is going to be really important. The second part has to do with winning the line of scrimmage, uh, both on the offensive side, setting the tone. I think Chip Long is going to make it a point, especially with Pitt's leading tackler at linebacker out, to run the football. That'll open up some things through play-action pass, move the pocket. Um, and Ian Book, 
you know, it's hopefully business as usual. I think that we're going to see some press and some man coverage, possibly loading the box, um, and he's going to have some opportunities in some one-on-one matchups. I don't think he's going to miss them like he missed last week in the second Put a little quarter. more error under some of those passes. And then finally, um, no turnovers. You know, don't give uh, don't give Pitt an opportunity to to change momentum. Don't give them short fields. So protect the football on offense. Um, you know, really business as usual. But go out there with uh, with a lot of energy, high effort, and make sure that execution has a high level too. So I like the Irish today. I'm looking 34 to 20, um, and they're going to keep this thing rolling going into the bye week. Looks like everybody looks for a lot of scoring today out of the Irish. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's Evan's keys to the game and the score. Mark it down, book it. He's right most (laughs) of the time. Evan, I want to thank all of our guests for taking time out of their very busy football Saturday to join us. We want to thank uh, WSBT's Matt back in the studio and Jeremy on site here at the Ivy Court. Of course, a big shout-out to Jessica and the awesome Ivy Court staff, and a thank you to Rob and the Fisher's Tips and Chips, which we're getting ready to hit right now. Don't go anywhere as the Notre Dame-Pittsburgh coverage continues right after the news. It's Darren, Sean, and Eric with everything you need to know about today's matchup on Budweiser's Game Day Sports Beat. Immediately following the game, it's the Notre Dame tailgate and pregame show. Then it's kickoff just after 2.30 p.m. with the broadcast team of Paul Burmeister, Ryan Harris, and Jack Nolan. And after the game, please join Sean Stiers and Reggie Brooks for the official postgame show. Enjoy the Irish win today and the bye week, and join us on October 27th at 4 p.m. as we get you ready for the Midship of Navy right here on your home for Fighting Irish Football, 96.1 WSBT. For Evan Sharpley, this is Tim Growl. Go, Go Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 